ओम इंद्राय नमः ओम विश्वकर्माय नमः ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम धन्वंताराय नमः Has anyone heard of Vastu? Of course, I know my practitioner students have. The new students, do you know what Vastu is? Can you tell me? That's a good one. It's the Feng Shui of India. Actually, the Feng Shui is the Vastu of China. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll and I'll prove to you that by the end of the class, Griffin. I'll prove to you. Because Vastu predates Feng Shui, and it's an actual uh, part of mathematics, so Vedic mathematics. Yes. So today it's very simple. I'm going to get into the story of Vastu Purusha. Talk a little bit about the cities. All right. What we're doing today is we are kind of understanding the history of Vastu origin story, and uh, we're going to get into Vastu Purusha. Vishwakarma, the directions. This is just all. Why is northwest water, or why is southeast fire? That will probably. I'm going to try and get into that today. So let's start with the divine engineer. So basically, we have a mathematician, engineer, and architect, and his name is Vishwakarma. So in India, on Tuesday is the day of Vishwakarma, and if you if you have a flat tire, you can't find anybody. Oh no, the Vishwakarma day. You can, if you have a flat tire, nobody will come and help you because they're all worshiping Vishwakarma. So all the engineering architects and uh, uh, structural structural engineering, all of that kind of engineering. So in India, whenever you start a project, uh, construction of a home uh, or even the start of a factory, they do this prayer to uh, Vishwakarma. So it's it's very interesting. You should look him up. So he's basically the Let's get a laser pointer. So he's basically the architect of the angels or the devas in the heavenly planets. You have, you might have figured. I don't know, but has anybody seen Thor? As in the Avengers, Thor. So, you know, I don't know where they got their information. <laughs> yeah, of course, everybody has seen it. So you know that. Um, they have this the the planet and everything is kind of golden in that planet they have this bridge they have this gate and then you walk from the gate through water and then you enter the city and everything is on a on a top of a mountain and uh, it's very mountainous and it's beautiful and they have these golden huge palaces it's actually lifted out of a swargalok so i really enjoy that uh, watching that as well So, if you were to combine that Thor, and if you were to combine that uh, movie uh, Avatar, so that's pretty much the what the Swargaloka, which is the heaven, which is right above us, the first first heavenly planet above us, kind of looks like. So, if you read the text, it's very interesting. So, that's kind of the closest we're going to get. I know it was done, you know, three D, and it's all computer generated, but it's a good one. So, in that area, you have. you know like in in that you have the god of mischief the god of this so indra is what is equivalent to jupiter or zeus right and uh, you have the ashwina kumaras who are the celestial twins like dayas and they are the two uh, medicine angels and vishwakarma is the heavenly basically uh, engineer and architect and he is also constructed the heavenly cities so this is who we pray to and whose guidance we want when we are constructing a house 
So there is a city in India, it's called Dwaraka. It was where when Krishna lived uh, 5,500 5, years ago, about almost 6,000 years ago in India, in a city called outside in the Arabian Sea in an island, he actually constructed a city in the island. In, uh, it was not even an island. It was a city on water or a little island. And the island itself was constructed by Vishwakarma. And when Krishna left, he made sure the city sunk under the sea. So, you know, we'll, we'll look at it and we'll, find, we'll talk about what are the cities in the world right now that follow those principles of Vastu as well. So he is uh, revered, he's worshipped, and uh, it is customary for all craftsmen to worship their tools in his name. So you actually, you guys are, you know, you guys have tools, right? <laughs> you have your power tools and it's, they're all out in the garage and whatnot. So the idea is you, you actually get to bless your tools as well. So you get the blessing of tools from even painting, even if you're painting your house, we kind of ask his blessing, basically. The recreation of this city, so this is underwater. So what they did was uh, in around 1960, the uh, Archaeological Society of India, they started sending divers to find out the city that is sunk in water. So Dwarka, the city of Krishna, had 16,108 palaces. So it was huge. It's all under the water. This is what they made. And it looks exactly like this is a perfect Vastu city. You know, there's a city in America that almost follows very good. Do you know what that city is? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., you know, it's, it's on a grid. It follows almost Vastu. So you can, you know, the founding fathers believed in all of this. So what is Vastu? Sanskrit word Vastu is basically the Vas is the root word vasa, vasa vasati, vasati, vasanti, vas, vas means to live. So in Sanskrit, vas is live and different uh, suffixes are added to living, will live, shall live, the person who's living or the living entity is added to the vas, right? So vastu is, the, is not just a dwelling or a house, but it's sitting on a land and someone lives in it. So not, not just an empty building, but it, Vasa is something meant for living. And it can also be not just applied to a house, but it can be applied to an office. It can be applied to factories. It can be applied to big buildings, anything, outbuildings. So it applies to interior, exterior, and the land and the city, country. Where, where, so it's not just the interior design of your house. So the kind of Vastu that is propagated today, and that's great it is, and even Feng Shui, it's all about, oh, the door should be here. You should hang something here. That is all interior. Vastu is a lot more. Vastu is a science of architecture. It's divine architecture. And it uses a lot of mathematics. And we found a book called Manushyalaya Chandrika in, uh, from the Department of Mathematics in Kerala that we downloaded and we studied, Atul and I, because we found that everyone who's offering Vastu in the United States, uh, the Indian one we don't look at because it's hard to find, that they are basically uh, just taking one aspect of Vastu and that is what they are distributing, but they're not looking at all of it. So when we looked at that and we also studied Brihat Samhita, Brihat Samhita is uh, a text on Jyotish, on astrology. And one chapter is dedicated to Vastu and how a house should be built. And it's all mathematics and cubits and foundation principles. It's just, it's a lot of architectural engineering basically how to lay the foundation of house, how to select a site, how to make sure the site is auspicious, how to uh, uh, prepare the ground, 
where to put the outbuildings, where to put the homestead, where to put the barn, how to do the landscaping, what kind of trees, uh, you know, neem tree should not be in the Northeast, for instance. So it's so deep, especially, you know, practitioner students, you and I are going to get into it. Basically, whatever sit on the land that you're at. And if you live in an apartment building, then everything, then, the, you know, even though your house is only considered the one apartment you're in, but whatever they have outside, where is the, you know, a lot of apartment buildings have uh, tennis courts and they'll have uh, lots of park uh, for children to play. They might have a swimming pool. Where is it located? All of that will kind of affect. So the underlying root of Vasa is dwell, live, stay, reside. So Vastu Shastra, Shastra means uh, doctrine, teaching, scripture. You know that. So Vastu Shastra is the science of dwelling. Um, and it's the, it, it comes from ancient Sanskrit manuals of architecture. And they are called Stapatya Veda. Sthapatya Veda. Just like Ayurveda doctors are called Vaidya, someone who practices Sthapatya Veda is called Sthapati. So it's, that's an ancient architect. So it's basically Vedic architecture. That is the foundational guiding principle behind construction, selection of land. So if you collect selection of site, if you've made your own house, you know what I'm talking about. If you build a house from ground up, it is so painful. And basically designing the buildings in harmony with Mother Earth and laws of nature. It is, you know, like, for example, Vastu Shastra wants you to use more uh, things that are local, you know, which a lot of green is it's called a, it's a very much a green architecture as well. You know, using local sources and using the uh, principles of, uh, you know, basically soil science is would also be part of that. Even things like if you have, uh, if you have animals, if you have animals within the, uh, you know, you, you want to move the animals, should you cut the tree? Should you not cut, cut the tree? All of it is part of Sapatya Veda. In the modern context, that if you've been reading my book, if you read my book in the chapter on Vastu, I don't know, it's chapter five or chapter six. I think it's chapter six. And I talk about how Sthapatya Veda has become condensed into a simplified version called Vastu. So hence, Griffin, I hope I have proven to you that Vastu is a lot more, and this is written in our Vedas, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. So I have proved that this predates Feng Shui and it's a lot more complicated. Yeah. So let's go and look at the story and origin of. Well, I'm not surprised. So I'll tell you, have you heard of um, Nagas? Anybody know what Naga means? Anybody know? You, Nagas are basically these serpent gods, which the Chinese call dragons, right? We call them Nagas. So the entire, before China became what it, they have this culture of worshiping serpent gods. We call them Nagas. And in Hinduism, sometimes you go to a Hindu temple, you will see someone sitting and there's a big snake with so many heads, you know, coming out of, and we worship Nagas as well. And Nagas are mystical creatures. They have mystical powers. There's a story of how Arjuna, you know, as in the Arjuna from Bhagavad Gita, married a Naga princess. Where do you think this Naga princess was? Naga, so basically, 
the China is a land of Nagas and mysticism. But, you know, it has changed over the years. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, we are, uh, we are like neighbors, right? The only thing that kind of separates China from, from India is the Himalayas. I've only seen the Chinese border from Nepal, but I haven't entered China yet. No, actually, I've been to China through an airport. Once Beijing and once Hong Kong. And that was fun. Okay, let's, uh, let's go back to and hear the story. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about story in origin is I wanted to uh, discuss the story of Vastu Purusha. A lot of people say Lord Shiva is a beautiful statue. Yes, in India, there's all these statues of huge statues of Shiva all over. Like you're going by the highway and you see this huge, you know, 50 foot or 100 foot statue of Shiva. This one's a beautiful one. He's sitting in meditation. And uh, so Vastu Purusha is not Shiva. Let's clear that up. Vastu Purusha is not Shiva. So let's see how Vastu Purusha came to be. So basically, there are many stories of entities being born out of Shiva. So for example, there was one entity uh, that Shiva wanted uh, people to fight in this. He took one, one of his hair and threw that hair on the ground and uh, an entity came out of it. For example, that is one way he made it. So Shiva was fighting with this bad guy, basically a demon, call him Asura. We call him Sura means Deva or angel and Asura means not angel, meaning demon or there's many kind of demonic entities. Now, interestingly, sorry, have you, has anybody read Lord of the Rings or seen the Lord of the Rings movie? There's a lot of entities in that Lord of the Rings that are mentioned in the Vedic. It's, it keeps, it, it cracks me up. Some of these entities are mentioned in Bhagavatam. And they, all of these little entities with little this, and you know, they all serve Shiva. Elves, dwarves, all of them are serving Shiva. Even the Nagas. It just cracks me up. So I'm, I'm like into all of that stuff because I know who they're serving, right? All of this, you know, demonic, even the demons serve uh, Shiva that he is their God. So when Shiva got married to Parvati, it is such a beautiful description in a book called Ramacharitamanasa that, you know, when Shiva, you know, the whole party was going, so Shiva was sitting on this horse because the groom is supposed to sit on a horse and Lord Vishnu was walking with him because he was in the party with Lakshmi and they were elves and dwarves and demons and uh, ghosts and all of them. And the, uh, parents of Parvati, they got really scared of all these things. So what they did was instead of having Shiva, they put Lord Vishnu and Lakshmi right in front. So those guys wouldn't be scared. So it's, it's really beautiful. You know, if you read Ramacharatamanas, all of these entities serve him. So Shiva is fighting with the demon and then he started sweating and then his sweat falls on the ground. And why do we sw sweat? You know, because it's coming out of fatigue. So the, out of this sweat that came out of Shiva's fatigue was born an entity. Yeah. 
this entity which we is nameless was born out of fatigue of shiva and because it's it's the fatigue of shiva his fatigue he's tired right that is kind of turned into this entity so he started devouring everyone and everything around him and started uh, taking everything's prana out now the prana or the life energy is going so everybody got scared the war stopped and they're like what happened they all go to brahma and brahma is the creator and they order 45 angels or devatas to push this entity which was born out of you know sweat and fatigue of shiva onto the earth so he's pushed down he's pushed down face down so the vastu purusha's face is down on the earth in and you know different parts of his body a deva or angel goes and sits on it and pushes it down right and then he he said oh my god please don't do this to me stop stop i don't want you to do this to me can you please help me get them off me so brahma said okay i'll get these angels off you because they're very heavy but you you have to agree you can stay on earth but he says past this guy, this entity says but you know i'm always hungry i always want to devour prana and energy how am i going to get so they, he said that when you stay in dwellings when you stay in houses or buildings then the the uh, the offerings in the people because you're supposed to do offering right you know good energy offerings and we are supposed to have deities and we are supposed to have altar when we do that that energy will feed you and balance you so this entity came to be known as vastu purusha so you see this entity who is lying face down has everybody has anyone seen vastu purusha purusha i hope you found that story interesting and here is your vastu purusha